Christopher Nolan is back on the big screen with a new movie in Oppenheimer. Let's review. Oppenheimer is written and directed by Christopher Nolan and stars Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Benny Safdie, Michael Anganaro, Josh Hartnett, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh, Dane DeHaan, David Desmalchian, Alex Wolfe, Jack Quaid, Alden Ehrenreich, and on and on and on. This movie has one of the most insane casts ever assembled for any movie. Oppenheimer tells the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer's role in the development of the atomic bomb during World War II. Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning, and obviously one of the most exciting reviews of the entire year, because Oppenheimer has now released in theaters. Obviously, as I've said it many times, Christopher Nolan is probably the most important filmmaker in terms of me and where my love of movies, but also more so wanting to talk about them came from. So obviously, whenever he releases one of his films, I'm going to be first in line seeing it, and but not only that, on the biggest screen possible, which I did yesterday, and I had a lot of a couple people sending me quick voice messages and answering Q and A's with, "What am I going to see first, Barbie and Opp- Barbie or Oppenheimer?" Very clearly, Oppenheimer, and I will see Barbie later this weekend, or maybe a little later than that. But I will see that film. But Oppenheimer is the one this weekend that I've always had my eye on, even before I knew that these two were ever going to go up against each other on this date, because it's a Christopher Nolan film. Moral, but also I really like this time period in terms of. At being a setting for movies because I feel like there's so much political intrigue and so much just in general happening in the world that there's just always going to be an interesting story, story to be told there and in some way and I felt that would be the exact same way with Oppenheimer and I now I've seen the film so now let's review it in terms of everything I liked about the movie everything I disliked and let's get started right now. Having seen the film, Oppenheimer is both a complex character study as well as a story about the creation of the atomic bomb, but told mostly through one's one-man's perspective in J. Robert Oppenheimer. Not always, but mostly just through his perspective. Now, this film is was in terms of just the synopsis, everything people are saying was going to chronicle the telling of the atomic, but I almost feel like it's more focused and more interesting when it's focused on J. Robert Oppenheimer as a person and how not only he changed through the development of the Manhattan Project, but also how he impacted the rest of the world. And, but it manages to find a really great balance between being a character-driven film as well as a plot-driven film. And I feel like while I think it definitely leans more into the character-driven element, mainly because the story and the movie itself is titled Oppenheimer, and the original movie and the original book it's based on was titled American Prometheus, it is focused on him as a singular person, but it is still chronicling the tale of the creation of the A-bomb. For those of you who want to hear that, and I do want to hear that as well. And when it comes to Christopher Nolan movies, I think this might be his most emotionally charged, but also emotionally complex film. And that's mainly because it's, also, it's a very thematically rich film. And I think the main reason it is that, and the main reason it's so just ambiguous in a lot of the emotions and so mixed is because of just the morally gray that a lot of the characters in this film and so many people during this era had to operate in because of the events of World War II and just how destructive it was and also the nature of there being very clear sides but also not very clear sides in different regards and in different layers of what a a country wants. 
And because of that, the film has a lot of political intrigue, but it's also, again, very emotionally charged. It's definitely a thought-provoking film. It leaves you with a lot to think about, but no more over that. I think there's going to be a lot that a lot of people want to discuss. And I can actually see a lot of people making like massive breakdowns of this movie on YouTube or any other platform because there's so much to break down. There's so much just... It, this movie is very dense, and there's so much to break down. And there's just so many mixed feelings it gives you at the same time while still leaving you satisfied with the movie it is because there's so much tension of what the atomic bomb could actually be used for and how it could actually affect you know, everyone living on planet Earth at that time and how it has affected us ever since. And this is probably Nolan's, in my opinion, most impactful film on an emotional level. And people always say, you know, Christopher Nolan's a very cold filmmaker. He doesn't really go for emotions. And I've never really been one to agree with that. I can see it mainly because of how, I guess, just to a degree professional his films feel and how how the dialogue feels, again, very formal. And I guess I could see that to that regard. But I've never really seen that personally. And I think this movie is the main argument against that going forward, if anyone ever brings that up. And I think this movie is a very powerful movie. There's so many complex emotions being dealt with because on the one hand, you're rooting for some of these characters and because you might be on a certain side in this conflict. But at the same time, you know what the creation of this deadly weapon and the impact it could have for the rest of the world and how if put into the wrong hands, could be really deadly. And because of that, you're constantly having to face, you know, your own, I guess, beliefs in this kind of thing. And I think the film does a really great job of reflecting what the audience is and what the, not the audience, the characters are thinking onto yourself and making you think about it as you're watching the film. And with this movie, I think Christopher Nolan, more so than any of his other movies, gets to really flex his, tent, his like building tension chops because here... The music by Ludwig Gornson is absolutely excellent. His score is, I think, probably the best score of the entire year so far, aside from the Daniel Pemberton score and Across the Spider-Verse. It's, again, it's so good at, you know, giving you the feeling of satisfaction and hope whenever the film has this kind of a, those cheer-worthy moments. But at the same time, there's so many haunting pieces in the score. It's spectacular. But all the tension in this movie, aside from that, is created through the dialogue and the atmosphere that Nolan and his entire crew created in every scene. This movie is enthralling throughout in, and in every single sequence. It has this underlying darkness and just, again, gray to it and eeriness to it. Because, again, it's such a complex subject matter. And I think it's reflected so well in this film. Nobody makes movies like Christopher Nolan. And when it comes to this movie, I think he's turned what would be known as just a biopic into, I think, what it will become a classic. And moreover, a Hollywood epic that people will remember for years and years to come because of the way story, the story is told and how every scene just adds to the tension. And the movie constantly has this cranking, you know, just, uh, just constantly has this cranking layer of tension and darkness to it. And it makes everything captivating. Nolan's able to make everything that even though you may not understand, like whether that's some of the science, because again, we're dealing with very complex science and physics. Nolan makes all of that interesting because of the way he directs these scenes, but also because of the way he writes them and makes them accessible, even if you miss certain things in terms of just on an intellectual level. And Robert, J. Robert Oppenheimer as a character is unprecedentedly well-developed for a big epic like this, and moreover, just a blockbuster by today's standards. He's a very complex character because he's so brilliant in terms of as a physicist as a scientist and as an innovator but at the same time he's so he's a little irresponsible and also 
a little naive in certain ways because of the certain loyalty he feels. And because of that, he's such a it's such a human portrayal of him, especially of someone who's such an iconic figure in historical terms. I love, and especially human history, I love how still Nolan's able to portray him as a human. And a big part of that is because Killian Murphy turns in a career best performance as J. Robert Oppenheimer. And he's so good at acting and emoting with his eyes. And because of that, in every scene, just the camera, whenever it focuses on him, whenever you even see him, maybe even, even if he's in the background and not so in the foreground with the side characters, you know exactly what the character's feeling. And there's just so much turmoil within him. And this movie not only shows him as an intelligent, or his rise as an intelligent physicist, but also the immediate as well as long-lasting ramifications of the creation of the A-bomb and the toll the project, the Manhattan Project, has on him. And it's so clearly shown just by, again, showing him in one frame and Killian Murphy emoting with his eyes or with just the looks he's giving people. There's scenes in this movie that play like a horror movie because, again, Killian Murphy's character is so conflicted and he's in so much turmoil when he's supposed to be happy because he's just imagining all the destruction he could actually cause with what he's done and how his life may affect so many people. And this movie is a film that really does deal with consequences. Little things happen early on in the movie that you're kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? And everything on an emotional level pays off later in the film. I mean, it's such a massive movie with so many moments, that char- big moments for characters, but all of it has meaning and all of it comes back into play. And it co- comes into a pretty coherent film, into a very coherent film by the end, which is extremely impressive. And me, Christopher Nolan, he's not just going to tell you the story chronologically and give it to you in the simplest way possible. He mixes it up, as always, and even the way it's told here isn't quite the same. It's kind of the usual Nolan bag of tricks in that he's playing with the time periods he's showing you and jumbling them up a bit. But it, and when it comes to this film, I think it even adds more to kind of the looming, like, big moment in the film when it eventually happens, obviously the Trinity test. But also, it kind of constantly has creates this sense of dread within you that you know things will go eventually really wrong in terms of just the character feeling so starting to feel regret and all that this movie tells both Oppenheimer's subjective perspective on most of the events and most of the movie is told through that but there are also a lot of black and white sequences and there are the first black and white film sequences ever shot on IMAX this movie actually is very innovative for that matter but it also tells, and in those scenes, it tells this perspective. It tells it from the perspective of Louis Strauss, who is played by Robert Downey Jr. I'll talk about him in just a second. But I love the balance between that. This movie is really good at clearly showing you what time period we're in, even when we're still in color sequences, and even though we're in different time periods. Part of that that is because of the production design, but also because of the shot selection and showing the aging of Oppenheimer, but also because of what characters are there. It is really great at showing exactly where we are in Oppenheimer's life. And this movie feels like a bit of an epic biographical tale because of how much of his life it actually covers, while still feeling like it all adds to the story. And this film is partly so quick to watch and is so thrilling because of the absolutely powerhouse supporting performances. Every single cast member in this movie is giving an outstanding performance, even if they're only on screen for one scene and some of those guys who are only on screen for one scene are some of the greatest actors on earth and Christopher Nolan does not go out of the way to overuse him but instead 
choose chose them because they're the right actors for the roles, but also because they're going to have the right amount of gravitas for these just iconic figures in history. Robert Downey Jr., I think, is might be the best he's ever been in this film. He is probably the standout of the supporting performances because he plays one of the main focal points for the audience in terms of just where they can see through the, the where they're seeing the who they're seeing the film through and he gets way more screen time than i expected because of that and because and compared to how little he's in the trailers and he's way more integral to the film's main crescendo in the climax and its emotional payoff he should be a shoe-in for getting nominated for the best supporting actor but not only that i really hope not because this the academy considers him as well as killian murphy to win because and they won't just dismiss him because they happened in July, and they're going to get tons of other great performances, but I just don't see five other supporting performances being better than what Robert Downey Jr. was able to portray in this movie, or similar to Murphy. He's able to show so much emotion without having to say anything, and again, his character is very ambiguous when we first meet him, and it's just slowly built out through these little mannerisms, and this is Robert Downey Jr.'s clearly best performance outside of Tony Stark, in years and years, and maybe his best, even compared to that. And even then, there's certain actors in terms of his side of the storyline, like Alden Ehrenreich shows up. I forgot he was even in the movie, and he was showing up a lot of scenes. That I was like, I recognize that guy, but I don't know who he is. And then, re- and then suddenly, I realized, oh, that's Han Solo, and I love them as Han Solo in Solo. I know it's a controversial opinion, and he is giving a really great performance here that I fear that I fear will get under talked about because he's constantly put up against Robert Downey Jr., who has these big Oscar moment here. Emily Blunt also gets some of the most notable scenes in the movie. I'll talk a little bit about her character later, but she gave a fantastic performance in the few scenes that she really had to hit home a lot of the biggest moments in the film. And Matt Damon, I would say, gives the most offbeat performance in here because he actually has humor, and there's a few lighthearted moments in this movie that they really don't get a chuck out of the audience because the film is, again, so serious. But I just like the energy he brought compared to the rest of the cast. And I just can't possibly list everybody. I mean, Benny Safdie is amazing in here. Jason Clark, I didn't even know he was in the movie. He's also really good. Florence Pugh is obviously great. And on and on and on. I could keep going because everyone is so good in this film. And as you've definitely heard, this film is three hours long. But it's a brisk three-hour epic that is so compelling. Because it's so well-written in every single scene. Even if you don't know what's going on from a science standpoint is at least interesting on a filmmaking standpoint. And because of that, you're constantly drawn into the dialogue and wanting to understand and trying to listen harder. And I love that Nolan didn't spoon-feed a lot of this to the audience. I think there's a lot of people who, especially if you're a little more, you know, like fast and loose with listening to a movie and maybe just checking out very often, this might not be the film for you. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I love that Nolan took that risk and isn't just making a movie to be mass consumed instead he's making a movie for in some ways a niche audience but moreover for his audience and i am absolutely in that camp and i loved being forced to listen to this film and still being a three-hour movie that's a, uh, that's such a talky there's so much dialogue there's bare there's no action in this movie but it has this constant momentum that's constantly going and the editing in this movie is absolutely astounding and again If Dune weren't coming out this year, and I'm assuming they are going to give editing to Dune again, this movie should be be a shoo-in-shoo-in to win Best Film Editing at the Academy Awards because it's so quick for a three-hour movie without relying on action. And the final hour here is definitely much slower than the first two acts, which is kind of 
the opposite of what you usually get in dramas. But the spectacle climax, I guess you could say, in terms of just the the big, you know, testing, happens a lot earlier than the third act. But and and by the way, that spectacle is everything you want. I mean, the usage of sound and visuals is absolutely phenomenal. But moreover, I just can't imagine how they pulled off some of the in-camera effects in terms of just the explosions. But also these like images that constantly flash on the screen from Oppenheimer's mind. Apparently, Killian Murphy has said that all that was done in-camera practically, and I just would love to know how they did that, and I can't wait for the special features on the Blu-ray to learn that. I'm so excited to see that. Obviously, I love all of Nolan's movies, and I'm, I always delve deep into whenever they come out in home media, and again, I hope we get some really great stuff here. I can't wait for the behind-the-scenes videos, and the explosions are amazing, but it's the intrigue, the political intrigue, as well as the courtroom intrigue, as well as Oppenheimer as a character, that, that's way more interesting by the third act because of just the gravity, the gravity of the situation and the object they've created. And every action in this film, like I said, has a consequence that pays off so well in the final hour, that pulls together so much story, so many character moments, and so much of someone's life, really, for such a satisfying crescendo in the final few minutes that has this constant kind of domino effect where things are just being knocked over as the film's coming to a close, and it's so unbelievably satisfying, even though you have such mixed feelings about the emotions and, what's, what, and what, whether what they did was actually right, and should they have been more careful and all that. And the final moment of this film, the ending of this film, is absolutely bone-chilling. As always with Nolan's films, he knows how to end his films. I think Inception might have the greatest ending of any movie ever, alongside that The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk. He knows how to end a movie. And Oppenheimer is no exception. Like, I really felt, like, just... It, this movie really left a mark on me by the end. I really hope that a lot of people have the same feeling. But clearly there were a lot of people in my theater who didn't, because as soon as the credits started rolling... Instead of sitting with it for a bit, they decided to just instantly start talking about how long the movie was. Anyways, whatever. What an ending that was, and what a way to pay off such a long movie in the climax. And now getting into maybe some of my very, very, very minor issues here. I think this is a near-perfect movie. I think that the sound mixing is a little bit of a mixed bag here. In terms of the sound effects, the practical sound effects, in terms of kind of the, the kind of the abstract moments in Oppenheimer's mind those are amazing and they are phenomenal filmmaking the artistic usage of the sound here really elevates this movie more so than I even think the visuals do I mean the sound cannot be overlooked here but I still feel like some of the dialogue is mixed with the music and sound effects very weirdly and that it feels a little echoey like it does in a lot of Nolan's movies but because I think this is because since he shoots a lot with IMAX cameras which are notoriously super loud to use he needs to like digitally alter a lot of the dialogue in post, and because of that, I don't think it quite, you know, fully sinks in with how a lot of the other dialogue goes. I don't know, I'm just making assumptions here, but I still don't think they've quite nailed the mix between the dialogue and the music. And then getting into a couple of my actual issues, that's just kind of something I have to mention. They're kind of linked together, and that one thing I will say is that there's a few very abstract moments that are very much what kind of like a moment that did actually happen mixed in with what Oppenheimer is thinking, but very physically portrayed on screen, that I don't think they quite nailed in execution. I understood what they were trying to do, 
but some of them felt so silly in terms of how they looked inside of like a, the, just the physical environment that I feel like they definitely got some giggles from the audience and it definitely was not meant to make you laugh. So I don't think they quite nailed the execution of fully of portraying some of some of projections of Oppenheimer's mind in actual scenes. And I do think maybe there's a bit too much jumping around in the first act. And I think because of that, it takes a bit to fully sink in with the movie's pace. And I do think there are some underdeveloped relationships in here. Like, especially, like, the consequences of a lot of the relationships are shown without actually showing why, they're, why the relationships are very important. And mainly, I think, it's be, I think it's the relationships between Oppenheimer and his female counterparts. Like, I feel like the relationship between Killian um, Murphy's character and then Florence Pugh's character, Gene Tatlock, I feel like, while it's really important for Oppenheimer's character, I think it needed more development and more, more like, dialogue between them actually shown while while they were much bigger parts of each other's lives. And moreover, I felt like Emily Blunt's character of Kitty Oppenheimer, again, she's very integral to the movie by the climax and has some of the movie's most powerful moments. But I couldn't, I never really quite grasped what her feeling and her view on all of this was and what exactly her relationship between, her relationship with Oppenheimer was. And I thought that was a bit of a disappointment considering how crucial they are to the film. But all in all, I would say that Oppenheimer is easily Christopher Nolan's best film since Inception. This movie, I feel like, feels like almost a bit of a return to form after a couple of years of very ambitious movies, but ones that maybe not didn't quite live up to it in quality. Oppenheimer absolutely is as good as it could have been and absolutely stands as easily, at least for me, one of the two best movies of the year so far. It's both a complex character study and a very compelling story about the creation of the atomic bomb. And Nolan is able to make everything so captivating and thrilling. The emotions in this movie are so complex. It's thematically rich. It's definitely going to leave you with a lot to think about. And he's just, there's so much tension. The characters and all the performances are absolutely fantastic. It has interesting storytelling devices. And it's a brisk three-hour Hollywood epic that's filled with dialogue and it's unlike anything we get nowadays in movie theaters. No one is making movies like Christopher Nolan. And once again, he pays it off so well in a coherently pulled together final act that crescendos so well and leaves you feeling so much and thinking about the experience you just had, unlike anything I've seen in a movie this year. Oppenheimer is, I'm going to say it, a masterpiece. I'm going to give Oppenheimer an A+. And if you're a fan of a Christopher Nolan or you're a big history buff because this movie is very accurate, this film is a must-watch this weekend. And for everyone else, I think this is one that you should absolutely give a try on the biggest screen you can. If you have an IMAX 70mm theater near you, which I don't, unfortunately, go see it there. If you have any type of IMAX, I think this film will be worth watching at least the expanded 1.9 by 1 ratio. Go see this film. Go support it. This is why, again, I said this to Mission Impossible. I'll say it again here. This, in a very different sense from Dead Reckoning Part 1, is why movie theaters exist Christopher Nolan has done it again, and he has pulled off a sublime movie that everyone needs to give a chance. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.